and welcome. This is Game Till Five. My name is Steph, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Nikki. Hello, Nikki. Hello. I have a glass of wine and a microphone in my face. It must be podcast time. I don't have a glass of wine. I I don't know why I'm very disappointed in myself. That's rare. I know. I haven't had any for ages. I just I don't know. I've just started to realise that it costs money, and I just I don't know. <laughs> Like, I was tempted mm. to order some on Deliveroo before we started, oh, but it was going to ex- charge me, like, an extra tenner. And I was yeah. like, wine is not worth £20. No, not when you pop to Sainsbury's for, like, nothing. I know, but I'm really lazy at the moment. That's fair. I don't think Always, I left yeah. the house in uh, about a week. Whenever I was, went shopping last. That sounds nice. I think with all this talk of everything opening up soon, I've actually gone into myself and I'm like, well, I better enjoy these last few months of... <laughs> <laughs> being a hermit which i've actually genuinely sometimes enjoyed i better make the most of it before i have to actually go outside and i can't pretend that i'm you know well mm. i'm gonna have to pretend that i can't go out sometimes but i don't know it just it made it easier being an introvert because i was like oh can't do anything now i'm gonna be like fuck i've got to do things yeah the the excuses for plans are just gonna have to start coming back i can't I come out today because my foot died i don't know <laughs> your foot died yeah i've never heard that excuse before but um it's I'm, it's impressive i think it's a good one you know foot can just feet 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 can die who knew yeah it's, you you hear heard it here first my friends <laughs> this has gone insane very quickly <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> I think I'm in a very giggly mood. And actually, I'm in a bit of a tangent mood. So I was, when our um, our episode was starting and we had our intro music going, I had weird flashback that our, it was going to be our old music. And now I feel slightly longing for our old, old theme tune. I don't even remember our old theme tune anymore. I don't think I do because every time our new one, our new one, it's been like a year we've had this one. But ever since this one starts, I always think I've pressed the wrong one. A <laughs> wrong intro. Yeah. Don't play the other podcast music. No. There is no, no. other podcast. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that made me sound really sneaky, like there was a secret podcast that none of you know about. Maybe there is. Maybe there's maybe there's gonna be. That's <laughs> not, we're just fucking with you. Um Do we have do we have news? We have news. We do Sorry. have news. Sorry, I'm just painting my nails. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> right news we've actually got news for the first time in forever it's not amazing news and to be right, honest let me just... play the drop at least oh, Come oh on shit now. You sorry can your nails while we're playing this Right, okay. <clears throat> so. <laughs> Such beautiful foley work there. The news. Um, our news this week is that we are thinking, we are in the process of, we are having meetings on potential Game Till 5 merchandise. Um, but this is not going to just be like, we just sort of like print our shit on clothing necessarily we want we want to think quite deeply about it we want to make sure it looks cool something that we would wear and we we are gonna like 
we're sort of testing the some things at the moment um we just we just wanted to let you know basically it's still very much in the works but but we're thinking yeah um it's probably worth saying like to keep an eye out on our um social channels as well like we think we're gonna try and run some polls and get some put some feelers out basically to see what people would like what kind of stuff you you guys are into as well um because obviously we know what we like but we're probably not going to buy it we're just going to get it for free so we're also um sort of on the basis of that also looking potentially of doing some like clothing that isn't necessarily just merch related that's also kind of just like video game clothing which is which is something that we i think have always kind of wanted to do but the kind of like doing some game till five merch is kind of like a little bit of an in and a little bit of a test to see whether or not we'd actually want to just make some other kind of cool video game clothing type stuff um so yeah keep an eye out we'll uh we're, we're sort of we're just we're doing stuff and uh look out for it we're doing some business <laughs> we're doing some business and it wasn't just an excuse that we could meet up and say we were having a business meeting so it was legal um we are actually doing it yeah it was work <laughs> we did some business with some wine <laughs> i mean a business meeting oh we can go out for business like lunches and stuff and put it on <laughs> we an express tab we'll oh that's not, happening we probably won't get anything done but you know we just say it's a business meeting get completely fucking drunk it's not going on know. taxes we're going we'll, we'll <laughs> tax deduct that shit just tax deduction every month <laughs> 10 <laughs> bottles of wine <laughs> It's our process. It's a part of our creative process. <laughs> we just get really drunk. That's how we come up with all of our ideas. I mean, that's not far off. It's think. not. If our this Instagram was a, this stories... was a drunk creation anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Some people get drunk and make babies. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> business plans. Which I think is far better. No disrespect to anybody's small children, but yeah anyway that that was the news that that was the news (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm really giggly today my half a glass of wine has gone straight to my head yeah um so yeah that, that was news and now it's time to talk about our episode this week which is our top five square enix games which um it's it's because they're having like an anniversary or something. I don't know. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to tell the people stuff because I can't remember why we're doing this. <laughs> I think they might be doing an anniversary actually, but they did recently release their um, Square Enix Presents Spring. Um, I guess it's like an E3 presentation just for the spring line of things. So we're gonna hop on that little bandwagon again very late. But they are also, I found out today, running a Steam sale. Uh, as well for Square Enix publications. <laughs> well, that's so, a reason more than anything. There you go. I mean, it's topical. Come on. <laughs> We're trying. We're really trying. Which, tr- yeah, it's the best we could do. All right. But hey. Best. We're, we're going to have a good time. And as you can tell by our moods today, it's probably going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know what, actually? Before we before we officially start the list, I actually did some full research today. And I have a brief history on Square Enix. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Right. I will settle in. Yeah. Come on. Sound impressed. Um, so, Square Enix is a video game publisher and developer. Um, their headquarters are in uh, Shinjuku, Tokyo. And they were founded in 2003, April of 2003, to be in fact. 
Uh, basically, it was the result of a merger between a company called Square, that was a video game based company, and Edix. Uh, Square itself was founded um, in October of 1983 by uh, Masafumi Miyamoto and went on to develop the Final Fantasy series that we all know and love. While um, Edix was founded in 1975 by oh a Japanese art- architect turned entrepreneur, which I thought was quite a cool uh, mix of stuff, um, whose name is Yasuhiro Fukushima. Uh, well, Enix basically did publishing of games. It never really made many games at all, I don't think, but it did publishing. Um, and one of its best known things was Dragon Quest series, which is a big, long standing RPG series, very similar to Final Fantasy, basically. Um, so that was my brief history. And they now make games together as of 2003. Nice. So, have you ever worked with them? Because that's a, a very good question that I posed to you. Just out of curiosity, not saying that you know your like your your brief history. There wasn't anything to do with the fact that you might work with them before and you wanted to impress them. But I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, give me a job, guys. Um, no, I've never. Um, they've never been a part of any of the things I've worked on. I don't okay. think uh, the company, the studio that I work for, however, um, have worked on a game that they published. And I can talk about that. I'm trying to rack my brain to know whether I can talk about this. Um, but I can because it's on our website. Um, well, they did if you some can't, work... then this is going to be edited out. <laughs> no one will be hear silence. this anyway. Um, <laughs> just... <laughs> can you imagine the editing is now just... I'm just going to silence parts. But just put... This part was redacted over the top of it. Um, no, it's just cause. Um, the, oh, cool. the studio that I worked on helped out on just cause. Um, I think before I worked there, so it wasn't anything to do with me. I didn't but... even know that was Square Enix. I'm <laughs> I'm a terrible person to be doing a top five on Square Enix. It's a published uh, game by Square Enix. It's not okay. made by them, so it's easy not to know about that. Um, that's probably one thing that we should say before we start our list as well. We have included games that are simply published by Square Enix that are kind of under their game umbrella, but not um, necessarily developed and published by them. Yes. Um, yeah, but that was my um, that was my brief history. I've also got some 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 news, but it's not news. News. Well, it's not really news. It was about the the presentation that we mentioned earlier as to why we were doing it, um, and the fact that they announced that they were going to be doing a new Life is Strange. <laughs> yes. You know, you'd be interested in uh, a game yes. called Balan Wonderland, which is a bit of a weird old Sega looking creature. If oh. you want to check that one out, and also a fun looking game called Outriders. Um, which is going to be, I think, a like co-op shootery, looter shootery thing. Um, looks very interesting. Um, so if you haven't seen that before, it's worth checking out those three games that are coming out. Yes, they all do look very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the end of my official five. segment that I did. <laughs> it was beautiful. I loved it. Thanks. Very professional. Especially when you got. I mean, I, I know that I'm not very professional. You just got me in the background. Like, did you work with them? Give us gossip. <laughs> But you did well, so um, let's get, get into the top five. All right. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Let's go. Now I believe. It is my turn to go first this week as well. Oh, I could be wrong. Go ahead. All right. Um, before I do, it might be worth talking about Mr. Beadle locked in the cupboard. Oh yes, Beadle. 
Um, if we have crossovers, so we've picked the same Square Enix game, then uh, this man will do this. Oh! It's a signal that we have fucked up. Um, and the person obviously who's picked it first gets to talk about it more freely than the other person. The other person must hold themselves back. Wait their goddamn turn. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. After you, my dear. All right, then. Um, so my number five is a game called Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call. Oh. Don't know if you've ever heard of this game. I have a feeling I've heard of it. Mm. I think you would have. Um, so this came came out on the 3DS in 2014. Um, it is in fact a sequel to the Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy game. So just drop the curtain call from the front of that and you get the first game. Um, I only played the this second one though. Uh, it's a rhythm action game, which is based around all the music and characters from the Final Fantasy series. So if you're into Final Fantasy music in any way, then this is the game for you. The idea is that you use your like stylus to tap and hold and hit notes um, and that becomes attacks that, that you use to defeat enemies and it's kind of the screen is kind of set up like a Final Fantasy turn based game with you and your characters of four of them like on the left hand side and then an enemy uh, on the right no other way around I think it switches um, and basically if you miss notes as you're going along it reduces your ca your character's hp like you're in a fight and then once that's depleted then you fail the track or whatever and if you defeat the monster in time then you win the track it's um it's a really nice game like i said it's just if you like any sort of final fantasy music this is like the most soothing game that i think i can think to play this game sounds amazing and i don't yeah. know how i didn't know about it like i i recognize the character design and i recognize them and i but I think, I swear there was another game that was similar to this, but not quite the same. Or maybe it's just this one. I'm sort of having a bit of a head explosion right now, trying to remember. I didn't own a 3DS, so I wouldn't have played it. Was the original one on 3DS as well? Or was that just DS? I think you can get them on DS as well. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember because I think it was like a in that crossover time. It could be that the first one came out on DS because it's one of those games that really lends itself to having the trackpad style of things, not essentially the mm. 3D style of things. So there's no reason they wouldn't have brought it out on DS. I'm just now gutted that it's not like on Switch or anything because I really, really want to play this because I love Final Fantasy music more than anything. Um, and it just looks super cute. Yeah, so it's one thing talking about the art style of it where it's these super small, kind of like chippy, chibbly versions yeah. of them. Um, they're kind of like little avatars and stuff. And as you progress through the game, you collect more tracks and more characters from those games. I think it goes, the second one goes all the way up to Fun Fantasy 13, because I think that okay. was the last one out at the time. Yeah. But it was a really nice kind of game. Um, there was also sections where you were doing the airship so instead of battling it was kind of you had to get you were doing like the traveling part because there was also a story bar that you could do to it um and that was like you'd watch your little chocobo ride along the bottom or your airship going along top and you'd play the track for one or the other or whatever game it was from would be like the respective mode of travel shown um it's basically if you're a final fantasy fan it's just one of those games you just be like oh god it's this thing now and then this thing's in it and then oh god this thing's in it you know what i mean yeah yeah no, it looks cute i'm just i just like i said i just i want them to make an, a newer version because i just um i'm really sad i haven't played it do you own it still can i borrow it yeah i mean i've got it's still on my 3ds i downloaded it as like a i think i bought it and it was one of the first things i had as like a downloaded game rather than a disc 
game. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I, it's... I, I saw it on eBay for a lot of money. So physical copies seem to be uh, going for a lot of money now. So I was wondering oh, if you it. had a physical copy or a... No, I've got a downloaded copy. I think I was in, living in Canada at the time and because I had an English DS, it was like the only way that I could get games because they were region locked, weirdly, uh, DSs. Which oh. made no sense for something that was very portable. But anyway, conversation for another time. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah, so I've still got it. So you can play it if you want. Uh, you can have a great, great couple of days. I think it's one of those games where it's like you get really obsessed with it for a few days play it a lot do all of the music and then you're kind of done with it you know yeah. what i mean yeah i know those, those i like those games though because that tends to match my personality um i tend to do that with a lot of things <laughs> i get very obsessed <laughs> with it to the point of like that's all i do and then it's like i then i'm just like what was i doing and then i know i don't ever play it again yeah and i think it also lends itself to a handheld device like the switch like the ds it's that you want it that kind of game where it's really easy to pick up and put down again like right now talking about it i'm like oh i could go for a go for a round <laughs> or two but so you now you can take away from me um that was kind of it for this there's not really much to talk about rhythm action games don't have a lot going on other than just rhythm and action but uh i have a couple of facts so um including dlc and not counting any spin-off games final fantasy 9 has the most playable songs in total of i think 19 so okay. go final fantasy 9 that's probably why you like it so much right it's my favorite it has i pretty much has every other track that you'd want from every other final fantasy i think it goes all the way from one like i said one to 13 with a bunch of the spin-off games and i think even crystal chronicles and stuff like that are in there so it's like a lot of different games it's not just like the mainline series either yeah and my other fact was that um it has the record for the largest cast of playable characters in a final fantasy title with over 65 playable characters oh wow and that's i'm assuming that's going from all of the games like for up to 13 yeah and i think what happened eventually was that that record got taken from it by a game called final fantasy record keeper which i think is like a mobile collection game that you could get a little while back i don't know if it's still going um where you just collected final fantasy and i think that's got the most mm-hmm. but up until that point it had everything yeah and it like you said it had everybody in all of the games across yeah. them i don't think it had like every single character but it had like the main cluster from each one Nice. So I think like nine had uh, Vivi, Zidane and Garnet and mm-hmm. Elko and then seven, you know, normal peoples. All the normal gang is there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's my number five. Cool. My number five is going to follow a little bit suit, to be honest. Oh. Um, but I promise my whole top five isn't to do with Final Fantasy. My number five is also a very cute Final Fantasy game. I have chosen Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo Tales. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned this one. I didn't even know you played this. Um, I played this... your copy of it. Did you? Yep. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember. So it was released in 2006, 2007. So that's probably why I don't remember, because that was mm-hmm. a really long time ago. And, uh, and I remember I bought this game when I was in like Gatwick Airport about to go on holiday. And I bought, I actually bought the DS like right there and then as well from like duty free. And I remember I saw the Chocobo game and I was like, yes, this is it. And literally, I love that. I bought that while I was going on holiday. Like I was meant to be like, you know, 
having an <laughs> adventure and a fun time and I'd buy a, a fucking DS. Um, Spending time outdoors doing <laughs> activities. Now I want to sit outside and play video games. <laughs> so as I said, it's a Nintendo DS adventure game. Um, it was developed by hand and published by Square Enix. Um, in Japan, it was uh, the actual name was Chocobo and the Magic Picture Book. Um, oh, that was its official name. And uh, it, it was very cute. Basically, it's it's a bit of a spin-off, similar to obviously the one that you just mentioned. Um, but it's got a very like Chocobo setting, which features a lot of like common elements of the game and like creatures, monsters, and some characters. Um, a lot of the music as well from the series is, is reused and it's in there. Um, basically, to kind of describe Chocobo Tales, as I said, it was a very long time ago and I've, I've honestly not played it since then. I don't even know where my copy went. Maybe you have it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it's composed of a, like a lot of mini games woven into like this little main adventure. It always kind of gave me like Yoshi vibes from that mm. I can remember, Yoshi story or whatever it was called. Like it was very picture booky and it was very like illustrated cutesy illustrated kind of book world that's gonna be my general description <laughs> i think because i remember a lot of the art and stuff was like when you do like the little story parts as like a little book that would woke up it was very like kind of grim you know like that kind of vibe like fairy tale aspect to it and yeah. uh the mini games were really fun they were all really different um some of them were more like um role-playing type things some of them were just exploration some of them were just card battles and i actually really enjoyed the card battles which is saying something for me um and yeah you just gotta find all these like picture books and shit and uh yeah they're like pop-up picture books it's probably the best way to describe them and that's it really there's not really much to it it was just a really super cute game and it was about chocobos and I had a wonderful time and I think I completed it very quickly over that holiday because apparently I wasn't doing anything else. Um, and it was just fantastic and it's always stuck in my mind. It's just like a really a nice time that I had. I have zero facts. I couldn't find any facts. That's fair. Um, yeah, you're right. It was a very lovely game. Like I remember it, I think having the exact same thing. I think what happened was you bought it, completed it over holiday and then gave it to me to play and i think i did a similar thing where i completed it in the space of a couple days mm -hmm. and then yeah. i'm pretty sure i gave it back to you because i don't have it anywhere and <laughs> i would fine. have definitely kept that game safe because it's adorable yeah i lost i, I lose a lot of things like <laughs> <laughs> i i probably traded it in or something who who the fuck knows it was a very long time ago those those were different days um mm. <laughs> but yeah like it's not really much else to say about it as i said because it was just one of those very like mini game kind of games it didn't really have like i wouldn't say i had like an amazing storyline but you it was nice to see like familiar characters i remember you'd see like um ifrit and shiva and things and i know that as well as having chocobos i think there were some like mages and stuff in there and some other familiar characters but yeah I mean, this is going to be a bit of a quick one for my five because, as I said, no facts, nothing else to say other than it was just fucking cute. Yeah, that's fair. I think the the DSs and stuff lend themselves to very easygoing, simple games. So yeah. it just makes Ooh, sense. There was a mini game where you had to blow into the DS. Oh, that's always a good time. <laughs> I remember, like, I think... Because obviously it has, like, the two screens. I remember, like, there was a bit where he was, like... The Chocobo was, like, holding a straw. And I think you had to, like, blow into it. It never really worked very well. And it was very, it was one of those things that was quite new for, like, mm. that time. Like, wow, like, you can blow on it and something will happen. Like, it was a, apparently amazing technology. Um, yeah. 
That's that's the fact. We all lost our minds. <laughs> Obviously, this this technology did not really carry on. No one wants to blow into a computer game unless it's you know you've got a cartridge. Oh yeah, then you can't not blow into it. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no more blowing. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's my number five. Short nice. and sweet. Good. Good going. Good going for a number five. All right, then. So my number four is going to be Near Automata. Nice. I was hoping this was mentioned because I've not played this game, but I've seen a lot of it and it looks really good. Yes, definitely. So this game was released 2017 by Platinum Games, but it's published by Square Enix, which is why it's on its list, and is a sequel to the just the g- game Near, uh, which I think itself is a spin-off of another game series. So it's a lot of games within games within Gameception. Um, it is a action like RPG game. Uh, the main kind of thing you're doing is like hack and slash combat, um, but kind of like similarly with quite a lot of platinum games, it's not. Sometimes you can't always just sit and button bash a lot of the time. You do have to dodge and be a little bit strategic, which is quite nice. Keeps you thinking. You're not just mindlessly going along, which I think works really well with the plot that kind of happens in the game. So the basic plot is that um, you're kind of following this proxy war set up between alien-created machines and human-crafted androids. And you play as androids, in particular a combat android 2B, her companion 9S, and a fugitive prototype uh, android called A2. Um, The first section of the game is basically setting up during the initial alien invasion machine kind of thing happening. Um, It's quite cool, you get to wear basically like Gundam style big mech things and you're shooting stuff and then you go into a bit more of a hecky slash kind of thing like there's a lot of different types of gameplay which is nice it keeps mixing it up a lot which i think is a a set thing for this particular game uh there is a lot to the story in this so i've given you a very brief overview um so much so in the story that in fact you have to complete multiple playthroughs to get multiple endings to see everything kind of unfold to it complete like that's kind of the idea of it and i will fully hold my hand up and say i only really did one playthrough of the main playthrough where you play as 2b and i didn't really do any of the other stuff um but recently and i'll you know shout out to our twitch friend ray ray Nucky. <laughs> go check her out um i've been watching her play it through and doing all the other endings and stuff that i never did so it's been really interesting actually seeing all of those because i don't think i ever would have bothered i think i was yeah. just like it's a good game i did enjoy it i did think it had a lot of interesting features but i didn't love it enough to do all of those endings and actually i think i would have ended up loving it had I done those endings now kind of watching it all unfold so definitely when people say it's worth doing the endings and one thing I didn't realize is you can chapter hop so you don't most of the time you have to play the whole game again you just kind of can dot around it's not really like playing a whole another game three times round it's it's not as boring as that there's a lot okay each thing like you change characters and it changes the story and yeah, like stuff I didn't really realise when people were like, oh, you've got to play it again. And I was like, but why? Why would I play this again? I've just done this. But actually, knowing now that how much it changes and yeah, it's basically just three different parts of the game. Um, okay. So much so that actually one of the tasks, one of the main things that you're supposed to be doing during this game is collecting game endings, which is quite a weird 
weird thing to be doing. But um, there are 26, one for each letter of the alphabet. Some you can get through oh by just playing the multiple playthroughs, you just get them. Others you can get by dying at just various points in the game. And then even some for just doing really silly, weird things in the game. There's one you can get for eating a fish. You die <laughs> eating a fish because you're an android, essentially. You eat a fish and you die and you get a special ending. Um, and there's lots of little hidden secret things. It's one of those kind of games where I think the community of it gets quite into trying to find mm. new features of it. Um, and all that kind of thing. But yeah, it's a really interesting game. There's lots lots to it and lots of different stuff. Um, one feature, actually, that I wanted to mention that it has, which I really enjoyed, was you kind of have to balance your powers. So essentially you get a certain amount of space to slot in different abilities that you collect. And once you kind of fill that space up, that's kind of your set thing. But you might get a newer kind of ability or an upgraded ability and then you've kind of got to almost space organize it's like they've kind of designed it to look like you're fitting in some programs to a um almost like you're trying to fill up your hard drive with the right amount of space because obviously you're an android so there's like playing as rounds with that kind of thing as a ui thing it's just very cool um and the way the ux works in it so i wanted to talk about that a little bit and nerd out about it i did you mention this game in our top five fashion episode because not in fashion, but I mentioned it before in my, I think, games of something. I think maybe my games of last year because I just started playing it, but I've uh, not finished it. No, that's all right. I just, I I don't know whether I was attempting to mention it. I know I hadn't played it, but I'd always thought that this game just looks fantastic with like the kind of aesthetic and sort of just looking back at it now, I'm like, it just looks so good. And I, I you kind of persuaded me now to definitely play it because... Like it sounds really interesting and I, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I get quite intimidated by games like this when I, I hear the word, I know it sounds silly, RPG. Um, and I think, oh my God, I don't have time. And, uh, but I'm kind of like, when you mentioned they had multiple endings and it, I'm assuming it's not like the longest game in the world if it's got multiple endings, like as many as it does. I'm kind of intrigued. I'm intrigued now. Yeah, I think it's about... I think the first playthrough will take you about 30 hours if you do all the side missions and stuff. You don't oh, that's have not to. too bad. No, yeah. it's not like, you know, well, you're not having to put 100 hours in. I think with everything else, it'll push you up to more like 50, 60 when you start doing more and more mm-hmm. of the different stuff, depending how into it you get, I think. But it's not, I wouldn't say it took me forever to do. It definitely wasn't something that I felt like I was playing forever. Um, yeah. Another thing to mention is that the soundtrack in it is lovely. It's got a really nice soundtrack okay cool really soothing kind of music most of the time and a weird kind of soothing it's difficult to describe the music but it's well worth listening to once you get into it i managed to find a couple of facts hit me all right so uh the name of the demo was uh one two zero one six one one two eight apparently this refers to the hollow scene character calendar sorry um it basically reads the date of november 28th uh 12016h e which is basically the released date of the game uh, apparently the holocene car- calendar uh takes into account all historical events both bc ad uh of the georgian character um georgian calendar and then merges them together to make the human era basically okay yeah, it's a bit of a weird thing, and I'd never heard of this <laughs> calendar before, but now I'm like, I need to research this, because apparently 
there's one that just merges everything together all of human and then my um don't know why they picked that calendar i guess because it's human era and the idea is it's post-apocalyptic with the humans and stuff in there not being on the earth anymore and having to send androids Uh, there's probably a connection in there somewhere that's pretty cool yeah um and then my second fact was just that uh Apparently there was an ending D in the original Nears, but basically there is a similar ending in this game where it's a player choice that could lead to the deletion of all your save files. Oh my god, what? Yep. Apparently this game will delete your save files if you choose. For the game, not just like your whole console. Not just like your Delete <laughs> everything. Can you imagine if a game did that? It would be incredible. It would be Cursed. the worst thing anyone had ever done. But my god, the marketing on that. Oh, I'm going to design it. I'm going to suggest someone makes it. <laughs> Nobody would buy it. They'd be like, fuck that. Oh, they would. You know they would, because they'd play the risk. True. True. There are those people that do like to live on the wild side. Yeah, because yeah, you always get people who love like permadeath games and... Everybody who plays like Dark Souls and Bloodborne love a love a difficult challenge. That's a the game masochists. for them. Yeah, <laughs> the masochists of the world. This is the game I'm going to invent for them. Something <laughs> that wipes your hard drive. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's my entry for near automata or automatica, as I always always used to call it. I was going to say yeah. Uh, I I. I called it that for a very long time. And then I heard people actually saying it. And I was like, oh, automata. Okay. <laughs> That's how you say that word. <laughs> it's the same for many words when it comes to video games. Though, especially when it's a video game that doesn't have like actual voices in it. Like it, it caused problems for me not being able to say certain words. I can't think of them right now, but they're out there. They exist. Um, I'm trying to think now of like certain I'm, words I'm, that I couldn't say. Yeah, I'm the worst for it. I always used to do this with things. True. Yeah, but a lot of people say chocobo. I mean, I, I obviously say I say chocobo, but Chaboko. Oh, oh no, I've got I've got examples. Um, Mealy, remember I say Mealy? Oh, Mealy, Melee, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know it was Melee. Because that's generally how you read that. I, it just yeah didn't quite go. And also, um, oh, I used to really struggle with the word inventory. An inventory. Hmm. I, don't, I I know that technically both is right, but I used yeah. to really struggle with how to say that. I still have that struggle on quite a daily basis. I will one day say inventory and then the other say say inventory. Inventory. I'm pretty sure you just said the, the same thing twice, but... Inventory. 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 I don't know. This is the problem, isn't it? This is the problem. How do you actually say it? Is it inventory, inventory, or inventory? Oh, I don't know. I think you can say any... All of them are correct. It's like a pronunciation thing. It's like bath and bath. Yeah. Also, I remember that I used to play The Sims and I used to really struggle with the word miscellaneous because obviously that was in there. I used to say it like miscellaneous. <laughs> <laughs> it's miscellaneous. Oh, hi, miscellaneous. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. Um, <laughs> if we're on to my number four. We are on to your number four. Um, I promise everybody that this is the last Final Fantasy themed game I'm mentioning in my list. I'm just letting you know because I, I, 
I was like quite concerned earlier when I was thinking, oh, Screenix, yes, Final Fantasy, mm, all of them. And then I was like, no, 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 they've done more than that. And also the classic Final Fantasy games like 7 and 8 and 9 were technically made and published obviously before they were actually Square Enix. So I was like, okay, cool. I can, means I don't have to just splurge on Final Fantasy, but this is genuinely a game by Square Enix, which I, I like anyway. So it's a Dirge of Cerberus. Oh, an interesting one from the Final Fantasy group. Have you ever played this? No, I haven't ever played this. I've always wanted to and I've never played it. Yeah, I I remember I got it when it came out. So I must have been about 16. Probably around the same time actually as, as the Chocobo game. Because I think they were going through a bit of a surge in like side games because of like Advent Children and stuff. There's been like a big a big thing about it because obviously like Advent Children came out everyone was kind of thinking a lot about Final Fantasy 7 and and it was just sort of becoming quite popular again so I guess they decided to do a few other series because obviously there was things like Crisis Core as well yeah um but Dungeon Cerberus is an action role playing third person shooter developed by Square Enix in 2006 it was for PlayStation 2 which is oh seems like such a long time ago youth <laughs> it's part of the compilation as i mentioned a final fantasy meta series um which is basically set within the universe of the popular 997 video game final fantasy 7 um this is technically um the second true sequel to a final fantasy video game the first being final fantasy x2 but this is technically the first ever video game sequel to final fantasy 7 that was made nice and uh it was set about three years after the events of the original game but technically the beginning sequence in the game is actually showing uh around the same time as the final battle with Sephiroth because Yuffie and Vincent are in this kind of opening sequence um and they actually weren't at the battle of Sephiroth at the end of Final Fantasy 7 technically because they were actually optional characters in the game so oh, they go. weren't technically there so that's kind of how they've gotten away with it so the game as i said starts around the same time as the seven ended but actually it is actually three years on because the starting set is only there just to be like fancy and flashy like look at us um when you kind of join the game you're obviously playing as vincent valentine you look at deja cerberus and it's all about vincent vincent is targeted by a organization called Deep Ground, a very mysterious organization that plans to awaken a creature known as Omega, who wants to destroy the planet. And uh, the main kind of characters I mentioned, Yuffie already, and also Reeve, who is Kate Sif, technically. Oh, nice. Um, so that's cool. Like you've got these three characters that I guess you don't always know too much about. I mean, you know, I mean, to be honest, Vincent is the most mysterious character in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. You don't really know anything about him until later on and i think this was one of those big times where actually like you find out about him because you know that he's in a coffin and that he's a weird fucking vampire but what else do you know really yeah nothing ever gets explained like there's brief snippets about his story and it but it seems like absolutely mental his story sometimes and you're just like why won't you explain this yeah Tell me more <laughs> so Deja Cerberus is really kind of the place where that kind of gets unfolded which is nice uh, I think Vincent was always a character that I was really interested in not only because he's fucking sassy and cool looking but just because I think it's just quite an interesting side story you learn a lot about his relationship with a certain lady called Lucrezia who was also Hojo's research assistant and also Sephiroth's mother, technically. Yeah. 
which I honestly can't even remember right now how that even works <laughs> um, because it's been a long time since I played Edge of Cerberus and also a long time since I've played the game Crisis Core, which I never actually truly played, but I watched like a playthrough of it for like nine hours or whatever it is, like very intently. Um, and there's there's such a, this is the like, Final Seven has such a big backstory and so much going on. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to see his little backstory, even though it's really heartbreaking because the woman that he loved, based, sorry, I'm giving spoilers to Final Fantasy VII. If you haven't, if you don't know about it, then I mean, it's a bit late now. Um, <laughs> it's really sad. Um, and Hojo is a bell end and you get to see Hojo more and you just want to fucking punch him. Hojo's the worst. Such he a smarmy character as well. Yeah. And spoiler alert, like he didn't technically fully die in Final Fantasy VII. Um, he, I think he like implanted his fucking mind in something else. So you end up, I think you end up coming across Hojo again in this, which is just infuriating. God damn it. Um, it technically is the first shooter game in the Final Fantasy series. And by shooter, I, I don't know if I really want to call it that. It was just more of the first kind of third person game. Mm. But I say third person, you think, so you could say, oh, well, Final Fantasy was third person, but it was like he was actually in a human form and looked like a person. <laughs> it wasn't like over the shoulder third person particularly. Like, well, I guess 10 was, but yeah, not for not for seven, I guess. No, it, it was something that I remember never really seeing before. It felt like a really new thing because, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Obviously, Final Fantasy X had been made, but this felt so different in the sense of like... The gameplay was more like what we know of Final Fantasy fifteen now. Um, you yeah, more did get based. Yeah, you did. It was some at some points. It was kind of over the shoulder. I think there were parts where you could kind of actually do like the shooting from a first person view occasionally, and that was such a like a different thing. It, it felt like a totally different game. It didn't feel like a Final Fantasy game. It was very actiony. It was very like Devil May Cry. I guess that's a good kind of comparison. Mm um but it was cool i liked that i thought it was really interesting and uh yeah i i don't really have much else to say about it because i said i i've actually got it i need to replay it i'm thinking about doing it at some point i'd love a remastered version that would probably be a lot more easy to take in it also um had some really cool new characters as well that i really liked and i remember one of them when i must have been about 15 16 i really wanted to cosplay as a small child um called shelk she oh, was badass yeah. i think i she remember like seeing shulk and being really like oh man this person looks cool but i've never been yeah. playing the game no concept she had like these laser weapons and she had cool hair and like this cool suit and her sister as well you met called shalua she was she was cool i i think i feel like she was like missing an arm or something hmm. i think she was missing her i can't remember <laughs> this is all going from like my 16 year old memory um oh yeah she she had a robotic arm that was it she was badass she looked a lot like quittis um that's another word, uh, by the yeah. way, that I don't know if I'm pronouncing right from Final Fantasy VIII. Quistis? 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 Quistis. Anyway, she was an awesome, like, scientist lady with a robotic arm who I now look at and think that that outfit was not practical at all. She was wearing a lab coat, but yet yeah, was dressed, like, very uh She revealing. going to the club. <laughs> yeah, she's going to the club in her lab she's... outfit. She's ready for like work, 
proper work time. Like, I'm going to be a proper science lady, but also I can be at the club in two seconds. <laughs> science of the day, club at the night. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. She was ready to party and do some science. She's a girl that I love. A woman after my own heart. And yeah, so we've got some cool new characters. There's some other people in there too, but they're the ones that I wanted to mention. And yeah, it was just, it was just a cool game. Like, at the time, I, I never remembered it being that popular. And I think a lot of people were a bit like, meh. And I know the story could dip in and out a bit and be a little bit questionable at times. But it was cool. And I, I think it's aged well, especially if you... If anyone that's ever really into Final Fantasy lore, especially Final Fantasy VII lore, I would just recommend just watching like the FMVs and stuff on YouTube and kind of getting an idea for it because the information they give you about like Lucrezia and Sephiroth's mum and stuff, like it's it's cool to know. It's a nice way to get some kind of like history. Nice. Yeah, I keep, um, the more you talk about this actually, I'm thinking like, oh, maybe I'll try and find some playthroughs and stuff there's sometimes people put together nice video packages of like all of the outside stuff for games um so maybe i'll try and find one of those for this um i haven't got that many facts but i did find out that apparently it was actually going to be a phone game and it was actually designed and this is in japan obviously none of our phones in fucking europe could have coped with it with that in 2005 2006 like that's insane yeah but yeah it didn't work very well apparently in japan it wasn't great um I, I, I can understand why it was 2006. Yeah. Anyway, um, there was also potentially going to be an online multiplayer mode, which again, PS2 era. Can you even imagine online multiplayer? Jesus. Madness. Um, but it never happened. It was no. just too hard, apparently. Fair. And uh, the only other fact that I've got is that Yuffie was voiced by Mae Whitman, who is actually someone that I... I mean, she must have been quite young at the time. I could only imagine. Maybe about 15, 16. She was the girl in the movie The Duff. Uh, she was also in Scott Pilgrim and Perks of Being a Wallflower. You'd recognise her if you saw her. Hmm. She's quite unique looking. She... I think she must have been about 15, 16. Anyway, I, that, it was not a very interesting fact. I just... I went through the cast and I recognised her in the... voice. Oh, nice. She might like fact. Oh, I'm looking at her face, yeah. I recognise her. Yeah. So she actually played Jeffy, which I don't think she ever did again. But no. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's my facts. Dirge of Cerberus is is a nice Final Fantasy game. It probably hasn't aged well, but it's got some good lore in there and it's yeah. It is what it is. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's a good number three. Uh four? Four. Thanks. Yeah, that was four. (laughs) It's your number three now. My number three now. All right. So my number three that I'm going to be talking about is Kingdom Hearts 2. Cool. Yeah, I remember that you like Kingdom Hearts. I forget that sometimes. You always forget I'm a Kingdom Hearts person. I'm a little bit sad because I couldn't talk about Kingdom Hearts 1 like I originally wanted to. But Kingdom Hearts 1 was a Square game and not a Square Enix game. But this one came out in 2005, again, for the PlayStation 2. It is a, again, action RPG video game. For some reason, I'm loving a sequel and I'm loving an action like rpg at the moment um it basically mixes characters of disney with those of the final fantasy series to make this weird amalgamation of a game that i know nikki for a fact doesn't quite understand but quite a lot of us uh, we get yeah i've come to terms with the fact that i'm never gonna like this game and that's okay yeah that's okay but please do go on 
So the basic plot of this one follows on from the events of the first game and Chain of Memories, which was a Game Boy Advanced game. Weirdly, there's a lot of random spin-offs for this one as well, where it just seems to be the spin-offs, but they didn't ever put them on the PlayStation 2. They put them on everything else, which was weird, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But uh, basically, Sora, Donald, and Goofy, who are the main characters in the game that you kind of play as, Sora um, is your main person you play as, and then Donald and Goofy just kind of follow you around. But you have been suspended in animation for the past year to regain your memories that you lost at the end of the first game. A little bit of a spoiler. But Sora, the main kind of protagonist, returns to kind of look for his lost friends that he's still lost from the first game. Um, but this time he's also got to deal with a group called Organization 13, who are only introduced in the Chain of Memories. Now, me as a young, young whippersnapper, I didn't own any of the real game devices or had any of the games for the Kingdom Hearts thing. So when this came out, and I'd played the first one when it came out, and then I bought this second one. I had no fucking clue what was going on for a really <laughs> long time because everything is explained in this stupid Game Boy Advanced game. And I thought when you got it, you're like, well, I know it's a game, but it must just be a spin-off or a like a remake version of the first game on the Game Boy Advance. No, it's got its own little story going on, its own whole thing where this whole organization is introduced and shown off. Um, so when I first played this game, I really didn't like it a lot because I had no idea what was going on. And I have since gained an appreciation for the second one a lot since I bought the like mixes that you can get now. I think you can get them on the PlayStation 4, which is where I've got them. And I think also on the uh, PC, but it's basically like, you can get the first game, which also includes, I think, the mobile game that they released, and then another random little there's game. There's so many of them now, isn't yeah, there? Like, there's, there's so much. So much. And they were all, like I said, other than one and two, everything else was released on a different system. So it was really difficult to, to keep track of and get everything, especially at the time when I was just young and couldn't buy these things for myself very often it was like i could get a game for my playstation but that was after you know about a, a month or so a couple months of saving so it wasn't really until i played the mixes and stuff recently which has everything shown to you mm -hmm. either in the form of like a remake of a game or they've just kind of made a video package based from the games that actually everything is explained and now i get the appreciation for the second game a lot more because i know what the fuck is going on but yeah but anyway, that was my rant about the weird, <laughs> weird system for this game. The gameplay is the same. You basically travel to different worlds, which are basically based on Disney movies most of the time. And I think this game introduced a Pirates of the Caribbean one, because I think Pirates of the Caribbean were a really big thing at the time it came out. And yeah, you just, that's yeah. true. I forgot how big Pirates of the Caribbean got. Like, everyone fucking loved it. Not anymore. Like, no one really talks about it anymore. But back then it was like... Yeah. Everyone was fucking into pirates. Right? Everyone loved a pirate. Johnny Depp as a pirate. Oh, you were talking. Pirates the best were thing you big. Although seen. pirates have come back again now, haven't they? Because of Sea of Thieves and Shanties. Everyone loves Shanties. This is true. And actually, recently I rewatched the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And it, it hasn't aged terribly. It was bad. It was all right. It was a pretty good movie. Still. Nice. It's pretty fun. Bit of insight to random stuff I'm watching on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Um, yeah, you just hack and slash your way through the world and defeat all the enemies, basically fix whatever issue is going on in the world and help out all the Disney people. 
Um, I think though, what's worth saying about this game, despite all the Disneyness of it, is there is a strangely deep and quite heavy meaning story that happens throughout the game over the course of all of it. Um, that is really not something I think you naturally expect from having a Disney name attached to it. It feels the storyline of it feels um, feels like a Final Fantasy. It doesn't ever feel like a Disney film. Mm. It's not got a look at all these lovely happy endings and here's a lovely princess that got rescued. It doesn't have that feeling, which I think is what saves it from feeling too childlike ever. Like obviously you are dealing with kind of younger children in terms of like who you're playing as but they never feel young kind of thing so um that does save it a lot i think i think my only ever issue with this game which i'm I'm not going to fully go into now because i feel like this could probably come into another top five it's just i'd love it if you just if they could just remove the annoying and i'm not saying all of them but just the annoying disney characters like if there's a really (laughs) intense scene happening between like fucking sephiroth and like cloud or something and i don't know like someone else is there like squall and then you just got goofy there in the background like uh-huh. i'm like just fuck off <laughs> like just just this is no time for your antics goofy just get out like that's that's my issue yeah that's fair i mean they're kind of the thing with the final fantasy characters that are like the known final fantasy characters that are in there they never particularly act like the final fantasy characters that you know they kind of do. They have parts of them in there, but they are a definite changed version of them. Like the way they talk about stuff, the way they act isn't, and they're not really in it very much. Like they're mm. literally, they appear, they'd have little cameos and they'll do something and talk to you, but that's kind of it. They're never like fully attached to what you're doing and stuff. It's mostly around the characters that they've created just for this game, other than some of like Donald and Mickey. Um, I have heard there's a lot of like law stuff that can go on there with Final Fantasy because I when I've sort of done stuff in the past like reading about certain things especially with like Final Fantasy 7 like there are things that can have happened in Kingdom Hearts that kind of play into the story a little bit so I've always thought a bit bad that maybe I've missed certain things that have potentially happened in Kingdom Hearts about Final Fantasy characters that kind of give sort of story lines away and I've I don't know if that's true I just always kind of um not really like you do meet cloud and sephiroth and stuff but they're not it's hard to describe what they are like cloud in the first game is literally like a boss that you have to fight in a dungeon area and that's kind Mm. of it like he gives a little bit away the most that you'll get in terms of lore is a couple of voice lines here and there it's not this long drawn out sequence of of stuff around the game that you haven't played like none of that stuff has ever happened it's not that i can remember anyway like like i said it's weird like they go into stuff and they are the characters and they do refer to stuff but it's never past like skin deep kind of elements and they're not really entwined in the story very often uh if ever um so yeah so in that sense it's it they're kind of tailored to do stuff um around things so yeah it never really feels like one or the other i don't think um but that's kind of it with this game like i I do enjoy it. Like I said, it's an interesting story. Um, I've still not played the third one. I do really need to. I think I've got it in a library that I've just not played yet. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them on Game Pass now. I always see them and I always I always yeah, contemplate. They are I'm like, on there, I do think, I, now. Do I try it? It does look kind of cute. Like, do I do it? And I haven't, I haven't taken the dip yet. <laughs> yeah. I think... Um, uh, yeah, I just don't know how you react to it, like, um, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, I think they are all on there. But... Um, 
Maybe I'll try playing I'll try it on it. Twitch. <laughs> and but then the thing is, if I start hating on it, then I feel like people will hate me. So <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe I'll, I'll try and do like a very kind playthrough. You know. I mean, like I it. think yeah. I mean, I would probably just play it yourself and see how you get on with it, type of thing. Like. Because if you're naturally going to start like feeling like you want to mock it, then you're more likely to do that when you're streaming than if you're just sat playing it by yourself and getting into it. True. Because you do I'll, have to pay I'll, attention I'll to the think. story. That's the only thing I will say. It's not something that you'll just naturally be able to absorb the story very quickly. It's like That's I said, true. it's deeper. It's... There's a lot of like subtle, more voice lines as well. And it's not the best. I don't know whether it's not the best translated, but sometimes some of the some of the phrasings and some of the conversations are like feel a bit half so you've kind of got to work out what's going on a lot of the time it's that's not a very true. straightforward I have, story i have a pretty shit attention span so that's probably a very good point yeah yeah try it try it off stream i think yeah if you okay. if you're gonna do it i'll give it um, a go <laughs> all right then uh facts so i've only got a couple of little facts um one is that um tetsuya no nomura um the game's creator is um you know the sea salt ice cream so it's the blue ice cream that you always see the characters eating it's like the one of the things for the game is everyone's mm. eating this weird blue sea salt ice cream um he said apparently it came into the game because he went to tokyo disney sea which i didn't know existed but i now need to go and find out what that is wait what it's disney sea, sea as in sea as in the ocean disney um, own a part of the sea no, I, I think it's like a place in Tokyo. I said it's Tokyo Disney Sea. Oh. So it's a place in Tokyo. Oh, so it's not like you go to this piece of the ocean. No, I think it's more like an aquarium <laughs> or something. It's like their oh. version of SeaWorld or something. <laughs> why did you think they owned part of the ocean? Like, why because is that you your logical... Sea. Yeah. S-E-A. The sea. Yeah, it is S-E-A. <laughs> but why would you naturally think that's just because they own a part of the sea and not think, oh, it's Disney, it's probably a park, oh, maybe it's like an aquarium or something. Come on, Disney no. added with no at Disney added with Japan. They do loads of fucking crazy shit. Like I would not put it past them to own a part of the sea. You're just talking <laughs> absolute nonsense at this point. <laughs> anyway, like, don't judge me on where my brain goes. Okay, my brain doesn't know what it's doing these days. It's fine. You you keep it to yourself. Um, they're um basically they sold this type of ice cream and he really enjoyed it. He loved it so much. He then asked Disney if he could put it into the game because he really liked the idea of it being in the game as a treat that the kids of Twilight Town, which is one of the made up towns for the game, uh, ate during a summer vacation. So there you Aww, go. That's cute. why sea salt ice cream is in there. And now I'm like, now I want to try sea salt ice cream. I bet I'll go to the part of the sea that Disney owns to get it. <laughs> And then I have one other fact, which I really enjoyed, which yeah. was apparently in the Japanese version, there is a cutscene that shows Donald Duck getting spanked by Daisy. Oh However, this scene was changed in the international version to just having Donald getting scolded instead. Uh, see, I'd, I'd be more interested in playing it if that was something that happened. Oh, Donald Duck getting spanked. This is something yes. you enjoy. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Sharing. It's not what you'd expect. <laughs> something a bit zany it's got some mild BSM I'm in <laughs> if all I knew that was how to get you to play this game to be interested I would have just suggested it was in there a long time ago 
Yeah, just lie Find to you me. like the Pornhub version of it. <laughs> just tell me there's some weird shit in there and I'll be like, I'm there. <laughs> Did you know there's a scene right at the end where you can see like a penis coming through? <laughs> oh God. Maybe not. That That is maybe uncomfortable. Damn it. Well, spanking too is far. fine. But a giant <laughs> penis. I'm out. I've gone too far. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's Kingdom Hearts two. I like done. that it ended on that appropriate. <laughs> Talking about Disney, we've got to go to penis. <laughs> Oof. Right. Um, I'd just like to say that I lied earlier and I totally forgot, but my number two... I know we're on number three, but I just wanted to say that my number two is technically something to do with Final Fantasy, and I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs> I didn't mean to lie to you. I just forgot what I had as my number two. I, I'm sorry. But this, my number three, is not a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Buckle in. Um, my number three is uh, is Tomb Raider, but the 2013 relaunch franchise. Oh! Oh, a crossover. Yeah. You've taken my number two. And specifically the first one? Yeah, specifically yeah. the first one, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I guess I'll I'll start, but obviously I'm happy for you to, to come in in a bit. But it was made in 2013, and it was developed by Crystal Dynamics and published by Square Enix, and was the 10th title in the Tomb Raider franchise, and it operated as, like, the reboot that sort of reconstructed everything Lara Croft because obviously before before all that shit meant nothing apparently. Um no, it was cool. I liked it. I like what they did. I think I think it was about that kind of time that a reboot was maybe needed. I obviously I think we both discussed Tomb Raider a lot on this podcast. We we love Tomb Raider, we love Lara Croft and uh and she she did she did need a revamp and they did it very very well. So this one is set on uh on Yamatai, which is an island um which they Lara basically ends up washed on after the boat that she was on kind of capsized and her friends, or she must save them and they kind of must escape this kind of island and the people on it. And there's a cult and stuff like that. I don't have too much on the story here because I don't want to spoil it if anyone's not played it because it's still, I say recent game. It's not really a recent game. It's seven years old, but I'm not going to put any spoilers in it because it's not needed. It's not needed because the main factor of why I loved this game was all the elements that they changed in it. You know, it wasn't just that kind of standard Tomb Raider exploration. You know, they added more survival stuff. There was kind of these RPG elements that were involved in it now. They had like these kind of camps, zip lines. There was a lot of, I guess I'd say like, yeah, like quick time events. A lot of things that you would kind of seen in Uncharted. So I think yeah. they did borrow a lot of elements from uncharted which is fine like that's fair because in some ways uncharted was inspired by tomb raider and so they kind of took it back which i think is okay um yeah i i think that's fine and yeah so there's a lot of um rpg elements like i said you can also start upgrading things like bows guns there's a lot of collecting which i'm into i do get overwhelmed but um and you can learn kind of different survival instincts i think and different abilities and there's just so much more to the tomb raider now than what it was before and they just they just did it really well but i must admit there's a slight um kind of thing here is that i played this one and i loved it but i couldn't tell you how many came after this one because i didn't really play them i kind of stopped playing them and i don't know why i'm pretty sure i've got them on ps plus and shit and i'm pretty sure i've got them installed but i just i think i played maybe 
a bit of the one that came after this one, but then I just fell off of it and I didn't get back into it. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I loved this one. Mm. Yeah, that's odd. There's two after this one. Uh, Rise right, okay. of the Tomb Raider yeah. um, and then Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I think I was getting confused because they weren't just labelled like two and three and I yeah. couldn't remember what one I played. And I know I played a bit of one on my mum's Xbox and then obviously I didn't have that anymore. So I was like, oh, well, I've got to do it all over again. And whenever that happens, I get, I'm get i very like, Ugh, I'm out. Yeah. But to be honest, that was years ago. I'm probably in the point where I should probably start playing them again. But I just haven't found the time because I think I know how much there is in them now. They're very involved. There's there's a lot. Because the thing is, you don't have to do all of the little things. Like you don't have to level abilities and find like the geocaches and stuff. You don't have to do all of that. But the way that I am... <laughs> I have to do everything before I move on to like a different area or a different thing. And it kills me. It's like it was so hellish to play The Witcher because I was like, fuck, <laughs> there's like thousands of quests and things to do. All these question marks all over the map. I'm like, well, I can't leave them. I must get them. And then a hundred hours later and I've not even progressed the main story. So yeah. I know that I need time to sit there and do them. Anyway, that we're not talking about them. We're talking about the first one. It was great. What do you think about it? <laughs> Yeah, same. I really enjoyed this um, this reboot. It was definitely like an interesting change to they make. One of my favourite things to do was the shrines, which I guess were a little bit more closer or tombs. Yeah. They were a little yeah. bit closer to old Tomb Raider, but just in snippets where you'd have to kind of do the puzzling to work out how to just get like a set thing. I can't remember what you did or what you got from them. I think you it was just like something. a treasure or something. Yeah. It was good though. I enjoyed yeah, those. They were fun, but I think because it wasn't all that, um, and it was like broken up constantly by doing those things, um, it did help a lot. And I'm the same as you. I did everything in this game. I think it was one of the first games where I hundred percented it. Like it's rare for me to do that where it's like I'll because yeah. I'll do all of the side quests. I'll happily do every single quest in a game, but it's very rare that I'll go around collecting all the tiny things like i did all the geocaches i collected every artifact like i probably just did everything to the point where it was like you have a hundred percent on this game yeah because i liked jumping around in there which is fun yeah and it was really beautiful as well it was mm. it, the, the graphics were really really good i just wanted to mention as well sorry i forgot to kind of mention it that in the story aspect of things it's meant to be very much at the beginning of lara's life and like her kind of adventuring occupation so she's quite young and you can see that she's she's got the kind of innocence that you didn't see necessarily in the other games because they were always kind of based a lot later whereas in this one Lara is still very young and you kind of get to see the progression of her kind of being toughened up and also just being very human I think that's one thing that I really enjoyed it made a change to actually see someone kind of be able to be hurt and and suffer that sounds really mean that's not what i'm trying to say <laughs> i'm trying to say that you could you could see that it was tough on her and she felt human it was like it was hard to climb this rock as opposed to just being like swishy swishy swoo i'm just gonna like fly all around <laughs> this rock um and that was nice it was very human it humanized lara a lot and and obviously later on in the games i'm sure she became like the badass bitch that she's always meant to be but it was just nice to see that she felt and the way she looked as well. She was wearing practical clothes and, you know, it kind of it brought Lara and Tomb Raider into the modern world, I, I think. Yeah, a very good representation of what I think modern female gaming characters have started to become, um, which is a really nice thing, especially for, for Lara, who's been around for so long. 
and although yes she was always kind of designed to be a, like a, a very strong character a lot of her aesthetics and stuff I think took that and she was taken a little bit towards a different light of it so it was nice to see her being brought back and changed and like you said brought into the modern thing um but yeah to go back a little bit into what you're saying about um her kind of progressing i think this is designed to be i think this is her first expedition out um technically i think that's what it says on the thing so yeah, it's like and it's so. the first time she kills anybody which yes. she immediately decides she loves and kills a lot of people but there is this <laughs> moment like you do have a lot of it in this game where it's like she processes the fact that she had to do that it's like yeah. um and it's not like you were saying it's not like oh somebody's just gunning down thousands of people and they're like yeah it's fine i'm not affected by any of the things that i've just done like she's actually affected by the fact that she had to kill this person yeah. so you can see the turmoil it's not like an easy thing to do whereas no. in like the other one she's just like bow bow and you know killing all the motherfuckers yeah kill all the creatures kill all the people she just kills a bear with her bare hands, you know? Yeah. Kicks a tiger in the face, doesn't even think about it. Takes out a dino, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. You can kind of see her go through that progression. And I really enjoy it as well, especially like towards the end, um, like the end of the game, you can tell that she everything that's happened has like changed her and you kind of feel like maybe we'll start to see the Lara then we know. And it makes sense that this is how she's become kind of what she is and and it, yeah it's just nice and she i love the way that she looks as well like that's worth mm. mentioning she she isn't wearing like and not not that i have anything against what lara was wearing in the original games because that's just lara and that's just what she came to be but you know she she's actually wearing stuff that would be quite helpful in that scenario you know like yeah like hard wearing jeans <laughs> yeah. and like proper boots and a top that you know just 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 looks able and stuff yeah definitely i think my only thing about the reboot that i don't know because i love the reboots but one thing i feel like it it was lacking a little bit and has been lacking is the um slightly more i guess mystical side of stuff like the Mm games still have elements in it for sure across all of three of them there are definitely the more like uh supernaturally or those kind of mystical kind of things still happening but it doesn't feel like as much as it used to and i don't know if that's just me or if that's a thing um and i miss it a little bit like i think that's one thing i i find that i miss it's a lot of humans for most of the game that causing problems and then it's like only really the last kind of quarter that you end up getting a little bit more of like oh there's something else going on here yeah, because the first one I remember, because I, I mean that's the only one I really probably played. I remember there was a lot, there was a lot of it at the end, yeah. And I remember being like, oh, okay, finally we've got some natural stuff. But obviously, I can't speak for the other one. So, do you think that it decreases a little bit more potentially later on? Yeah, so it's definitely it's very similar. So the second one I can't really remember, but I think it's very similar where it's like, its majority is the same. It's normal most of the way through, apart from kind of towards the end where it starts to get more mystical. And then the third one. The third one kind of has it a little bit more at the start um, and then kind of loses it again in the middle and then picks up about and again at the end again. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely not as much. It's not the whole way through um, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more like snippets. But I guess it makes it feel more real yeah. in that sense. Like, I do remember from what I played of the second one, it was just felt very like fighting humans. Yeah, it does. 
it's yeah. a lot of that i think um and i i don't mind that it like i st- it's still fun and i love using the bow and stuff but yeah there definitely feels like maybe there could be some more slightly i don't know slightly more mystical stuff going on yeah but no it's good it, it started it started the the reboot well i think and i i don't know is like is that it do you think like they've obviously done the two extra ones after that but I haven't seen any talk of any new ones. I wasn't sure whether they're just leaving it as the three. No, I have a feeling like they don't know whether they're making many more of them. I know, um, I think soon, one of the things they announced was um, was a trilogy pack of these three games um, mm. that you could get together. So I think they're definitely trying to round this set of Lara up. I mean, I'm sure Lara's not gone forever. She's, I think, a gaming character like, you know, Mario, where she's never really gonna be gone gone but um yeah it's difficult to know whether there maybe will be another reboot slightly or they'll push her into being a little bit older maybe next time i think that would be a good idea and i'd like them to go back a little bit to the older games where you (laughs) i just want to go back to the mansion i just want want, like (laughs) i want the mansion side stuff i want i want her to be be living as a rich lady in her big mansion with a butler like i just i need that i want to lock the butler in the fridge yeah, I just want to be able to just go on there and be in a be in a mansion with nobody and just go swim in the pool and does that be my like that be my game for the night? Do you know what I mean? I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it is and just explore this big old mansion and just live my best life. Yeah. Well that's what we did as kids. We just ran around the mansion. Well that's all I ever played mostly of the yeah. original Tomb Raiders was I was literally in the mansion the whole time, just running around doing the hedge maze. <laughs> so good. Time. It was so good. Yeah, we need more of that. Um yep. I have a couple of facts nice um and not many could be fair because i think we have spoken a little bit about we've spoken a lot about lara croft maybe not this game in particular but i couldn't find any that was necessarily specific to the game but um is that lara's face is based on the model of megan far huha which i think she's a model i don't think she was anything sort of other than that but the motion acting and voice is camilla luddington who is an actress who has been in a couple of things actually because i've always recognized her voice whenever she's come on but i think she looks so much like lara in this game despite the fact that her face wasn't based on her and her voice is amazing and i was gutted moving on to my next fact they didn't use her for the 2018 movie adaption because not that i didn't like the person in the 2018 movie adaption and i mean besides the point the movie was pretty shite i think she would have been really good in it but anyway yeah i actually think there's another part of that fact though where they updated um this tomb raider um like after the fact fairly recently with camilla uh with a model that was closer to camilla luddington's face um stuff and her oh. motion capture because she i think they used it more for the second and third games there's more camilla in them um they said they right. definitely based her way more on her that time around so i think they backtracked and then re did her face a little bit to kind of match because they liked um working yeah, with she, i mean so she much. looks she looks quite similar to be honest if you google her yeah. You can kind of see the similarities and yeah, she's, she's just got such a fantastic voice. Mm-hmm, definitely. But anyway, did you watch the movie? No, I never ha- did. I remember watching the beginning and being like, okay, this is cool. Like, you know, you recognise a lot of it, like the bow and stuff. And you're thinking like, because fir- this first game, that's one thing to mention. The storyline was fantastic. I really yeah. enjoyed it. The characters in it were amazing. And the general, generally all of it, the story, you could really see that being a movie. And I was like, okay, this is this has got to be good. I'm like, what could not be bad? They even get her look down to a T. Like the comparison between her in the game and her in the movie. I'm like, this is good. But it's just 
it just gets boring and and they they go in a weird direction with it the story is not the same like she's going after her dad and there is obviously like a little bit of the fucking the why did i sometimes i just swear for absolutely no reason by the way i don't know what's wrong with me um the the island is sort of similar and i you know you think okay we're gonna go into the kind of mythical side of it and the cult side but no like not really like never really comes up and it i'm just thinking if you would just copy the storyline from the game this would have been really good but they didn't and it's not like they didn't have the rights to do so they could have done anything they wanted but they just decided not to and i think that's what really sunk it just yeah it just i i think i fell asleep and i never fall asleep during movies so if i fall asleep during a film i know it's bad (laughs) no it's not gonna be interesting i actually actually just assumed it was the exact um plot of the game because i recognized little parts of it and i thought oh they've just they've just done they took some of it some of it Mm. but not much no like i i mean don't get me wrong i fell asleep but the bits that i did get to i was like i remember thinking like oh like why why are we not following that like why are we not like none of like the friends are i think were in it oh Um, that's a shame they were great i like i said i it, it was that boring that i couldn't even tell you really what they did but i know she was going after her dad and it was boring Mm, yeah fair um so that was disappointing but then hey we talk about this in another episode video game um movies normally are bad yeah so can't get a good one and let's not even get started on uncharted oh dreading that disaster that's gonna be interesting i i'd be shocked if it was good that's all i'm gonna say um my last fact, and then we can move on to your facts if you've got any, is that apparently the only time Lara uses her iconic dual pistols is during a pseudo quick time event against the antagonist at the very end of the game. Which I remember when that happened, I was I was here for it. I was like, yes, because it was really cool. I was like, oh my god, like because it kind of you start to recognise the Lara you know and how kind of like she loved her dual pistols, and it was it was just a cool little like nod to the old games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool moment. Do you have any facts? I only have one fact, um, and that is the fact that it is the first game in the series to have a mature rating in the United States, this game. Ooh, I'm guessing violence, perhaps? Yeah, I think it is the amount of really up-close kind of violence, and there's a lot of blood, I think, that happens in this yeah. this one, so yeah. Um, but yeah, which surprised me being the first game, because I think you can actually think Tomb Raider, and it's quite a violent set of games, but I guess it wasn't gory before mm. there's a lot of human either. a lot of human violence i think in it as well mm. with the cult and everything like that <laughs> yeah we're fine if it's against animals or t-rexes but <laughs> yeah nice yeah but that was it that was only a little fact okay. i had cool i'm sorry for stealing your what number was that number two so that would have been the thing i would talk about oh, next so maybe slot in a quick honorable mention maybe yeah it's gonna be very very quick though because i don't have a lot to say about um any of my honorable mentions um i think the one i'm gonna pick though is probably gonna be i think sleeping dogs Hmm. um sleeping dogs um for those of you who've never played it it's kind of like the gameplay is very similar to like those of um gta um and those kind of style games where you're kind of in a large city running around you're kind of very free to just do whatever you want half the time um but there is um but there are like obviously quests and stuff um that's going on but this is set in hong kong 
Uh, and it follows the story of Wei Shen, who's an undercover Chinese-American police officer. Um, and he's basically got to infiltrate a triad. Um, and it's just, the story in it is really good. It's a good one, especially for something... I always find the stories in some of the like GTA-based kind of games very difficult to follow. Because you do get so lost in running around and just doing your own thing um but this one was genuinely quite interesting it told like quite a good story about him and balancing being a cop with being undercover and being in a triad and stuff and it kind of had a bit more of like i think you had more like martial arts stuff that you could do it wasn't just shooting stuff um i've got quite a few people who i know who like love this game and have planned a bit several times so i kind of trust their judgment on on how good it is because i think i played most of it um i can't tell you whether i ever finished it but um which is why it didn't go in my list but um yeah it was a good game i recommend checking out if you like those kind of style games for sure yeah i think i played a bit of that one when back back in the day i never finished it or played it much like too much but i did enjoy it i know you mean when you say gta based it was um it was very it was very good looking as well actually it was a very cool looking game yeah, it was very nicely designed for sure. Yeah, it just I was nice, very different played. Mm-hmm. But how when, when did it come out? Um, I don't think it came out that long. I think it was PlayStation Three. It came out. On. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I had it. So, uh, two thousand and twelve. They didn't make any more, did they? I don't no, think. that was kind of it. Um, I'm trying to look up quickly, like who made it as well. Um, United Front Games made it. Um, I don't really know what else. They did. Oh no, they closed down. Apparently, two thousand sixteen. Oh. They officially closed down, oh. which is why there's probably no more. Because I think Sad. this must have been one of the last, um, last ones they did. Yeah, sleeping, sleeping dogs. Triad sleep- Wars was a game they were sleeping make. forever. Oh, oh, this was going to be like a follow-up game to it. Triad Wars. It's going to be on the same map. Oh, sorry, I'm in a little bit of a wiki hole there. Um. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so yeah unfortunately we'll never get any more sleeping dogs but um yeah it's definitely a good game i think you can get it on the playstation 4 still and xboxes and pc so um if you're kind of looking for that kind of game um definitely try and check this one out cool i'm a bit worried that i've stolen your number um one hmm. <laughs> my number two is uh final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to do this to me. Because I know uh, what your number one is, but I knew you... You said you didn't have any old Final Fantasy in your list. I, yeah, but I told you I lied, remember? Oh, yeah. I, I lied. lied about something else. No, I, I don't remember now. I didn't mean to. I really thought I'd forgotten because... For I think I'd sake. forgotten because it doesn't fall within like the standard Final Fantasy necessarily of what you think of when you think of Final Fantasy VII. Because, yeah, I, I was an idiot. I forgot and I lied. I'm a bad person. <laughs> so but we can do this together we've already spoken about this game so to be honest with you i was already gonna say that this is gonna be really quick because this yeah. was already in this was in our games that we want to play and then it was in our games that we played yeah <laughs> then, our top games and then yeah it's yeah been in a few it's, lists. it's a it's a remake obviously of the original final fantasy 7 in 1996 
seven or nine. I can't remember. I literally spoke about this a little while ago. It came out in the 90s. Um, <laughs> but they, they redid it completely. And it was uh, something that made my 2020. And I know it made many other people's 2020s, uh, which was obviously a dark time, a dark year. Mm. It was uh, it was rumoured for a really long time, but luckily we did eventually get it. And it was marvellous. It was marvellous. It's set in a dystopian kind of cyberpunk metropolitan metropolis of midgar and you control the mercenary cloud strife he joins avalanche the eco-terrorist group trying to stop the powerful mega corporation shinra from draining the planet's life essence and other things happen and there's many awesome characters that we've already spoken about in this we've already spoken about final fantasy um but they did such a a, a good job the ending gets all kingdom hearts-esque and uh, obviously we're still kind of waiting waiting to hear about the next parts and there has been a few a few things like well i mean we're having a dlc right we're having like a little dlc with yaffe yeah and, retrograde and someone else i can't remember who else is in that yaffe and someone i think it's just yaffe um but it's like a part of she's got a mate with her but i don't know his name oh yeah yaffe's mate <laughs> yaffe and her mate um are doing stuff and there's a few other little bits going on but yeah like it, it was a really really good game and i loved every second of it it was like seeing that uh, you know it was like my dream kind of what i remembered of final fantasy 7 if i was to put it into a dream sequence it would be that because i think when you play an old game when you're you know younger and stuff you reimagine it is this kind of different thing and you go back on it now like when i play final fantasy 7 the original i'm like oh my god like how did i ever think that this was as beautiful and amazing as it was and then when you play it like that it's it's incredible it's just everything because i was talking about the other day actually isn't it weird how our generation so obviously kind of being like late 80s 90s babies have basically gone through so many different consoles basically like the evolution of video games from like blocks on like mega drive atari games to what we have now like we've literally seen it all Mm -hmm. and it's incredible to look at a glow up like Final Fantasy VII to what it became in 2020. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's like it's not surprising that it's such a marketable, marketable thing to do remakes now because it doing remakes like this where you're taking something from that era where it was PlayStation One, bringing it up to today's standard, is just like there's the difference is mind blowing. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's just like it's ridiculous the amount of stuff we've been through. Like you know, think about playing on my little game boy black and white kind of pixelated little thing and now you know ridiculous stuff that we play now and it brings it into the forefront of other people being able to play as well that maybe didn't play originally or never really felt like they could get into it because they maybe never played it when they were younger and obviously now being such a old game on the playstation one it's kind of inaccessible but to now have it kind of to this new accessible generation it's yeah it's it's really cool i Oh, no, I'm just going to say, I don't know, I was thinking about this um, when I was playing this in this, and I don't know whether that's particularly true. Like, thinking about what happens in this first, uh, first remake of it, the first part of this game, if you've not played Final Fantasy VII before, if you don't have the pre-knowledge of the rest of the game and the rest of the lore in your head, I don't know how well you'd be able to follow what is going Mm. on in this game, or get a lot of the stuff, especially towards the end of this remake Perhaps. i'm just putting that out there maybe i've never really thought i, I it's, it's a difficult one let us know <laughs> let us yeah. know if you played it <laughs> but you didn't play it before because 
it's a difficult one. I, I I know that generally, like it is, it was a game. I guess you could say it was a video game for the fans. Like mm. it was such a treat for us. I think to get it, and I know a lot of people that love Final Fantasy played it. But yeah, I I don't know. It's 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 a difficult one. I guess I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, people have to let me know. But yeah, I just thinking about what happens. I was very much like I don't know whether I'd be able to follow this if I didn't know what was going on previously. You know what I mean? Mm. But then I guess they're cha- they're changing shit anyway, aren't they? Yeah, and I think that's what makes me think like you wouldn't understand the first half, but maybe you'll you could get into the second part yeah. too, and whatever how many other parts we're supposed to begin. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say before we move on to the facts? I obviously want to give you a chance as well, as it was your number one. I'm so no, sorry. not really. I think you've covered everything. And the only thing I was going to say about really about the gameplay update to this game, which we I know we have mentioned and stuff before, but probably not loads was just um the fact that um someone's pointing out that you can't really hack and slash your way through this game despite it being a more actiony based combat which i quite enjoyed because i think you know naturally when we played this game it was turn-based so it was a lot more tactical stuff going on like you had to think about what you were doing or what spells to use and stuff like that and i think it's quite easy to think that this game loses some of that because or loses all of that because it's not turn-based but actually when you're playing it you can't you're playing against quite difficult enemies. You can't just keep hitting stuff with the same, like, oh, I'm just going to use this strong attack all the time. Like, you actually do have to think about like, your materia setups and what moves to use and when. Like, So it kind of managed to keep its tactical feeling a little bit. Yeah, I think I really learned that the hard way. I really sucked when I was playing this game at points because I'm the sort of person that if I don't have to be strategic with battles and stuff like that, I won't. Like, I will just be like, let's just go in and just, like, fuck them up and not think about it. But then in this, I was starting to realise that I was like, oh, okay. You can't do that. (laughs) I can't just do that. I need to think about this. I need to actually, like, be, you know, prepared and do stuff. Um, Which was fine. Like, I'm I'm up for the challenge. But, yeah, I I think I very much took it. It was almost different from Final Fantasy XV in that way. Because I feel like Mm. in XV, you kind of could get away with it a bit yeah, more definitely. but it felt it felt more strategic and it was a lot harder like i'm dreading i'm gonna do it on hard mode at some point but i'm dreading it because <laughs> i'm like <laughs> i sucked on like normal mode so yeah yeah but, but yeah. it's good it's it's nice that they've kind of carried on that need to kind of be a bit more strategic and a bit more tactical yeah yeah um but yeah that's all it i have and i don't even have any facts for this game either because i think we kind of covered everything in our well we've mentioned it before for me yeah mm-hmm. um i've got i've got some facts not many oh, just a couple actually one of them is something that i've wanted to mention for absolutely ages and i still don't understand it i mean i do and i don't right so there's a character called kiri kanan in this game she she did not star in the original title but she was in a final fantasy 7 compilation novel the kids are all right a turk side story which was released in 2011 so after the events of the original she teams up with leslie kyle who was actually in the the remake kiri kanan is a strange character and the reason why i'm just so curious about kiri kanan is because it's spelled like Kyrie and then cat and then nan n a a n but i lived i lived in indonesia for like six months right okay kiri kanan means right left and there's they must have done that on purpose i don't know why but like so kiri Mm. is right i think and kanan is left i could be it might be the other way around it doesn't matter but yeah it means like it means right and left and it's probably just something really silly 
like that's just they decided just to go on her name and just call her that because of I don't know but like I've never asked find anything on it and I'm like but it must be it must be that's interesting yeah I don't didn't know that but um <laughs> it's just I a random thing so. I'm like it just bugs me hmm I guess maybe you're just looking to her um etymology and see if they posted anything on anything calm because apparently no one ever talks about Kiri <laughs> Uh, oh. Hang on, I think I found it. <gasps> Did you find it? It's like Kyrie Kanan, right? Like yeah, yeah. But um, Kitty, I think that's kind of how it's meant to be. Kitty, yeah. So um, there's nothing about it, the fact that it's left and right. It just says um, Kiri derived from the Greek word Kyros, meaning Lord. It also comes from Kyrielasian, a Christian prayer meaning Lord have mercy. Uh, Kanan is a masculine biblical name that derives uh, describes a merchant or trailer. Tra- uh, trader derived from the ancient name of a territory that became Israel um, or the translation of her name Kiri is also the feminine Japanese given name meaning fog painting or Pilawina painting the Maybe family name Kanan means southern fruits it isn't spelt the same as like Kiri Kanan in, um, in Japanese like if that's how it is in thingy. It's weird. They don't spell it when they translate it into the English form. They don't use the same as the, like, the way that you'd spell it when Japanese, like, Romanji, which is very odd. So, yeah. Yeah, because I think Kiri in Indonesian, I think, is literally, like, K-I-R-I and Kanan is, like, K-A-N-A-N. It's just so similar, but it could mm. just be absolutely coincidental that it's just like Kiri Kanan. But every time I heard it, I was like, hang on, I swear that's like left and right. And it just, <laughs> I, I honestly, like no one else, I, it's just one of those really silly little things that just bugs me. I'm like, is it Indonesian? Is it like, does someone, is someone Indonesian? They're like, oh, let's just call her. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> silly little weird fact tangent that annoys me. Um, my other fact is that uh, apparently Cloud and Eris extended climb along the rooftops in chapter eight was a nice chance to get to know her. But also there's a little exchange of words um, where Aerith asks, should we mosey on over? But apparently this was a little reference to Cloud's much ridiculed line, let's mosey in the original um, when they were going <laughs> to the Northern Crater. Apparently he got mocked on by saying let's mosey. But I think for me, mosey is not a weird, maybe it was weird to some people, but mosey is not a weird that I would, word that I'd probably mock, but people did. Yeah, I wonder if it was like the way that it was used more than the word, like let's mosey, I don't know. You normally say let's mosey on somewhere, I guess. Maybe it's just the I, way they used it. I feel like mosey is quite a, an English term. I don't mm. think I've ever heard an American say, maybe it, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I and mean, we're not going to start looking at some more word definitions. Because <laughs> I, hear, I hear some people say like, let's mosey on over like today, like these days in this country. But anyway, he got the shit ripped out of him for it. So they obviously decided to use it. Um, another fact, which is not really that relevant but basically the developers don't know how many parts there will actually be to the to the remake which is interesting they literally just said that they're going to do as many parts as they need to to fill it to like fit it all in but they've not actually said how many they plan to do like there's i don't think they've thought that far ahead which is no i guess they they have the rough plan but they don't they won't have planned out exactly how each game is going to form and what it looks like so that makes sense to me they've made no concrete decision not being like oh there's definitely gonna be three or it's definitely gonna be four like they i guess they're just gonna just go 
as long as they need to at the time because I suppose making these games takes a, a long time because each part is a full-sized game um, and they're very long I mean I, I was very very pleased with how long it actually was because I know a lot of people were like oh it's just part one like it's not going to be very big and it's not going to take very long but actually mm. it was a very big game and there was a lot to do yeah i think as well because we all knew where it ended like they kind of told where how long it would go up to and then when you compare that to the original it's like all right well that's what four hours in like that's nothing really um if you speed run it it's even faster than that so yeah i guess that's that's where the worry came from yeah um that's my facts and uh yeah that's my number two i'm so sorry that i stole that again It's it's fine um I guess I'll just make up a number one then. Um, oh, should I do my honorable mentions? Bef- another honorable mentions before we do that. Yeah, um, I will also do the rest of my honorable mentions that I won't mention now. So, okay. do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So my honorable mention, uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. I realise that I haven't mentioned that, but obviously it is a great game. But I just think that I've spoken about it a lot. But also other ones in my in my top five deserve to be spoken about. So. Um, another one is Crisis Core, which I mentioned, which is another Final Fantasy offshoot, which again, I said I haven't technically played, but I've watched so much playthroughs of it because it has so much good Final Fantasy lore in it. Um, Final Fantasy Thirteen as well was an all right game. I never really got into it properly, but it was still at the time a nice Final Fantasy game to play and I preferred it um, to X at the time. At the time, I do not prefer it to Final Fantasy X now, but at the time I did. Um, just making sure that's out there. Um, Dead Island was a game that Square Enix published. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed. I love a good zombie game. Um, it nearly made my list. It, it really did. But the Final Fantasy games <laughs> swooped on in there. Um, and another one is Life is Strange 2. Nice. And that's my mentions. All right. Um... Cool. So my honourable mentions are World of Final Fantasy. We'll get the the Final Fantasies out. Oh yeah. Um, that was a nice little weird weird amalgamation of a game. Um, it was cute. Yeah, it was a cute one. Um, I've got Dragon Quest on here. I'm not really super familiar with the Dragon Quest games, but I know a lot of people are, and I keep meaning to play one of them. I think the most recent one, like Eleven, because it's apparently supposed to be really really good if you like um RPGs. So I thought I'd put that on here. Anyway, um, Deus Ex. That series of games is uh, published by Square Enix. It looks really good. Nice little that, shooter. That's a game I've never known how to pronounce. I thought it was Deuce X. <laughs> Deuce I don't X. know. I don't. I never know how to say it. Because I always thought it was French. So I was like, is it do you? Like, it's do? Latin. So it's oh. Deus Ex. Um, and then I've got ones like... Uh, I've got Hitman Go. I know there was like a Lara Croft Go as well. But I, it's a, like a mobile game. It's actually a really interesting, fun mobile game. It's like a little uh i guess it's like a puzzle mobile game but it's it's worth playing um and then one weird one that i found was called scary girl and i don't know if you remember scary girl nikki but i definitely remember we played it um and it was like if you look up the art frame it was very art of the time um and it was kind of a bit like uh emily strange when emily strange was still around as like a illustration it was a very illustrative style game um and i was weirdly reminded of it today uh, when I saw a picture of it, so I thought I'd mention that one as well. I think I it's like a little platformery. I don't think game. I ever played it, but I think I remember the imagery. Yeah, um, yeah, it was alright. It was a little game, um, but yeah, that's that's all my my honourable mentions. Cool. Um, 
so what have you decided to slot in as your number one? So to replace my number one, I'm really going for a weird one, but I'm I'm going to enjoy it. So my number one is going to be Quantum Conundrum. Okay, I've never heard of it. Yep. So this this is a puzzle platform game, um, developed by a company called Airtight Games, but published by Square Enix, um, and it was directed by a person called Kim Swift, who basically worked at Valve as the lead designer for Portal, um, and this game feels very very much like a. Uh, fun less serious i guess version of portal if you would call portal serious but i think it's (laughs) serious compared to this kind of silly version of it um the puzzles are very just really fun to do it's one of the nicest little um puzzle games i think i've played i remember doing it a really long time ago it came out on i think 360 i think i weirdly got it as a free a free game with gold it was one of those but actually it was well worth well worth playing you're basically playing um as a nephew of a like scientist um who you're basically let loose in his lab and then you're trying to do all of these experiments so a lot of them are when i say it's very portly it's very like science experiment where you put something on a plate and then it will like zoom off and you get like some sort of i think like a ray gun it was a really long time ago since i played it so i can't remember all the ins and outs but i just remember it was really enjoyable yeah the art style is very like bright and fun and it's a lot of like you've got to do lots of stuff between time and sometimes the stuff of like weights you make something floaty um yeah it's not very long as far as i remember it was only you know it was only a couple of hours to get through very similar to portal um it doesn't really take you that long it's just sometimes you'll get stuck on a puzzle for a bit longer i remember there was a cat in it i think the cat was quite funny that's always a winning thing to have a cat. Yeah, always a good, always a good time. Um, and yeah, that was kind of it. It um, yeah, I think the reception of it is really high. It's a very highly rated game for something that's not very well known. Um, looking now, it got like ten out of ten by Destructoid. Game Informer gave it eight point five, and IGN gave it eight out of ten. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was just one of those little fun games that was just very well done, very well put together just nice to play so yeah i i was again reminded of this game today and i remember how much fun i had playing it um and i think i played it um with my partner as well so it was it was a nice game to play together and try and work out the puzzles and stuff nice it looks cute it was good so yeah that's my my pseudo number one thrown in there um i don't have any facts or anything about it but that's all right that's it short and sweet my let's talk about life is strange Well, I'm glad that you uh, you already knew what my top one was going to be. I like that you took you took the announcement away from me, like I took two of yours. <laughs> I see you. I see you. Yeah. So yes, my number one is Life is Strange. I really fought between having Life is Strange like two in here because I actually really enjoyed Life is Strange two, mm. but I I think it would be it would be a wrongdoing by me because I, I think Life is Strange one was definitely the not. But I don't say better, but I, I... Did you play Life is Strange 2 in the end? No. No, okay. It's really good. It is really good. But I think Life is Strange 1 will always have, like, the, the first place in my heart. Mm-hmm. So it's an episodic graphic adventure video game developed by Don't Not Entertainment and published by Square Enix in 2015. It's one that we have spoken about a good few times. Not for a while now, but 
we mentioned it a lot so i'll just quickly just go over like the general storyline which is the plot focuses on a girl max caulfield she was 18 years old a photography student who discovered she had the ability to rewind time at any moment leaving her to sort of make certain choices it's a very like butterfly effect thing going on and uh like kind of action consequence etc and you've also got her friend as well who's kind of like center stage chloe who is amazing i've mentioned a lot i think uh, it's it just has a very cool dynamic to it obviously the the name of it life is strange it kind of implies that there's a kind of supernatural element to it and it's really interesting as well because it has also got just a lot of drama in it you know real life drama as well as kind of the supernatural side of things you know you're in like college i don't know if it's college or school to be honest it's it's one of those so i get confused with american mm, academics I think it's college because you're staying there because you're in a dorm it's... room Oh yeah, that that makes sense. But I I remember at the time of my life when I played it. I mean, it must have been about twenty five. I I really I really enjoyed it. The music was fantastic. I felt it was one of those games where I literally feel like I'm there, and it's it's so. In, I can't describe the word. I don't want to say overwhelming or encompassing, but it's very. Ah, what do you call it when you feel like it's immersive it's a very immersive game like the mm. music the way it looks everything you're really absorbed into that world and i loved the conversations you know i wasn't bored of talking to these people or doing all these other sort of stuff exploring you know looking at, i'd like love looking around like the rooms really exploring the environment it was fantastic and the way it makes you feel as well was was incredible especially with like the fantastic soundtrack and stuff it's it was just brilliant it was just a really refined perfect game in a way and it was different for that for that time nowadays we see a lot more of these games i think it was really the beginning um of the really heavily based story games i know we'd had things like heavy rain already but it had a different vibe it, it you know it wasn't dreary or anything like that it was mm-hmm. it was very interesting for its time and obviously more more so has come out now you know life is strange 2 and um tell me why and all that kind of stuff don't nod are doing some really interesting things but anyway it was a fantastic game you played life is strange one didn't you yeah yeah i played it through i mostly watched it actually it was one of those things where it was like one of the games where i was so happy just watching it unfold as well um it was a very easy game to get just almost just as absorbed from watching it as actually playing it yeah yeah because it's one of those where it's like it's just so heavily like narrative game that it doesn't really matter if you're sort of watching it because you know certain choices and things can be made especially if you're playing with another person you can kind of do it together and yeah it's it's just really interesting I, I, I really enjoyed it I, I don't want to talk too much on it as I said because I know that we've spoken about it a lot and there's some twists and things <laughs> twists and turns that happen in this game um, and it's it, it can get very dark mm. very very dark yeah someone made a joke the other day i think it was like a meme or something someone posted where it was like old video games collect this coin zoom around eat a mushroom have a great time squishing things and then it's like today's games of just like think about this man who's alone and who is really having to think about what he's done in his life (laughs) and it's all yeah it was just like the the level of human emotion that they now manage to convey and i think this this particular game and this particular developer does such a good job of doing that it really makes you feel things and especially when it puts in some things there at the end where you don't expect it and you're just like whoa 
whoa now yeah fuck stop making me feel <laughs> things you know i'm angry one second and then i'm disgusted and then i'm shocked and i'm confused and i'm just like i'm in denial it's yeah uh, basically that just giving you the emotions that i felt towards the end of the game anyone that's played it i like it good good insight <laughs> shock anger displeasure <laughs> sadness <laughs> um eternal peace <laughs> You're like an Elcor, just from Mass Effect. <laughs> Nikki, eternal sadness. <laughs> Shock. Uh, yeah, I'm an Elcor. That's how I respond when I play games. <laughs> <laughs> Joy. Oh my god, that's a great idea for like a stream character to pretend to be an Elcor. <laughs> like, Shock. <laughs> Oh man, you know people do those like fucking like weird VR things now where they stream that they can have an avatar. I should just get an Elcor avatar yes. and just stream games and just be like, joy, <laughs> sadness, overwhelming pleasure. Oh my god, I want this. I want this so badly. I'm gonna Maybe see how do... we do this. I'm gonna yeah, buy we'll you figure a out full a way. suit. Or just buy me around. a full suit. Just make me one. Just get some pillowcases or something. Oh, I meant like a motion capture suit. But oh. Now I'm going to make you a full Elcor <laughs> cosplay. If anyone can do it, you can do it. I just turn up with this monstrosity that I've built. Nico, <laughs> please wear this forever. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, if none of you have watched my streams before, now would be the time. <laughs> You're going to join in now. Right, so I've got some facts. Apparently, a remastered version of Life is Strange and Before the Storm, which is like a little DLC add-on prequel, was announced on the 18th um, of March 2021. So that was very recent. Topical. Um, and it's So we're going to get a, a Life is Strange remastered collection, which is amazing because I was really thinking the other day about how I'd love to play through these again. Um, it will have released previously released content but with updated visuals and gameplay puzzles, improved character animation, engine and lighting upgrades, and a full facial motion capture just confuses me because i'm like hang on you're saying it wasn't motion capture but now it's gonna be how does that work that's impressive i guess before they created the models and manually animated the the faces but now they're um gonna apply because you can use the same model and just mm. uh, reanimate it with a motion capture so they must be doing that which is crazy to think how much emotion they managed to get into those characters without doing um that doing motion capture that's yeah. an amazing animate like animation job I wonder if 18th of March was when they did the Square Enix stuff, because that's probably why it was so recent. Yes, that is. That's that's why we're doing this. <laughs> that was the thing I mentioned at the start. Of the... I know, but I just wanted to confirm, and you were going to be like, yeah, it was, and I was like, yeah, see? It just ties in. But instead, I just feel a bit silly. But anyway. Um... <laughs> just sassed you, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's scheduled to release in fall 2021, so obviously this year, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, get ready for that. Uh, and... So my other fact is a bit of a juicy one. Apparently, Don't Not published a developer diary that said that most prospective publishers were unwilling to publish a game unless it had a male protagonist at this time. So I think they started making it around 2013. And that most publishers had the same objection to Don't Not's first project called Remember Me, which didn't do too well, I don't think. But Don't Not's CEO, Oscar Gilbert, also challenged the idea at the start. But Square Enix was the only publisher with no intention to change this. So Square Enix were very much like on board, just like, yeah, cool, that's fine. We're up for a female protagonist. But yeah, it seems that a lot of other publishers, obviously they're not going to leak who, um, weren't really into it, which is shocking, even for 2013. Like, guys, what? 
life. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, props for Square Enix for being like, yeah, we'll take it, we'll go with it. Because good job they did, because it's such a good game. Yeah, I cannot even imagine not having Max there like and having mm-hmm. someone else it would not be the same game and i i think it's i mean i don't know too much about the, uh, the game industry but i i just like the idea of them kind of being like no we just uh, your story is great but you know make a male i just be like fuck off <laughs> like this is the story like why why do we have to change it yeah sales numbers business it's a business mm. that's what we always have to remember yeah um Another part about the development of the game is that the developers felt that light is linked to memories and emotions. So they got um, three lighting artists uh, to basically take great care to make sure that the game is lit properly. Um, the game is lit. It's lit. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is cool, to be honest, because I do remember that's one first thing I remembered about the game was when I was in, I think, Max's like, dorm room and like the light that comes through the windows is like fantastic. So... Well done, lighting guys. You did you did absolutely great. You are some awesome peoples doing some awesome lighting things. Nice. Uh, another fact I think I might have mentioned before in a previous episode is that on the mirror of the Two Worlds Diner bathroom, the phrase Fire Walk With Me is written on the mirror, which is a reference to the film Fire Walk With Me, which is from the TV show Twin Peaks, which is one of my favourite TV shows ever. Um, and much of the game scenes were inspired by the show. Which also is the premise mm-hmm. that involves the disappearance of a well-liked teenage girl. Did you ever watch Twin Peaks? Sorry, this is a tangent. No, this is one of these things where it's like, I keep meaning to try and find it and watch it, but it's quite difficult to get. Yeah, I think I watched it actually when I was living in Indonesia. I think I'd like, my sister had sent me like the, the files of like all the seasons. Mm. And I remember I just binged it and it was bloody fantastic. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those... I don't think it's on any of our streaming services. Yeah, in the I think UK. that's why I've not not gone for it yeah. because I it's it's effort it's effort it's, to get it. It's good if you ever manage to get it. It's good. Nice. Um, and the fact is one that I think we've already spoken about before, which is that in the game Max refers to the movie The Final Fantasy: Spirits Within as one of the best sci-fi films, which is the <laughs> movie that was made by Square Enix, the company that also made this, obviously because we're doing a top five one. Square Enix and I just thought it was funny because people did not think it was the best movie ever made it did not do that well and I've never seen it but it had it had nothing to do with actual Final Fantasy yeah. that we know uh, yeah. I can't say really extra fact about that when I was doing my research about Square Enix it nearly cost us not having Square Enix because Square made the Final Fantasy movie that first movie oh. by themselves it wasn't a part oh. of when they were Enix but it was like just before and because it did so badly um enix wasn't convinced about partnering up with them because they were like well technically you're losing money at the moment square like because of this movie i don't know we don't know if we want to join with you i think eventually there was a lot of talk about it and they eventually did join but it was possible that we wouldn't have had it because it didn't do very well that movie um i've just realized that i call it enix and you call it enix yeah i i go back and forth but um, yeah, Enix, Enix. I think it's Enix from, like, I don't know. I always think that's more of an American term, Enix. I think that's how they pronounce it, but... Yeah, I, it's just one of those things. That's, it goes on to the other thing we were saying about how yeah, don't know how to tree. pronounce in... words. Yeah. <laughs> um, because no one ever tells you, especially back in the day, no, no one ever tells you how to say these things. Um, that's it. That's all my facts. Uh, number one, Life is Strange. Fantastic game. If you haven't played it, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? God damn it, get it together. Yeah. But no, I, I think we've mentioned generally some really fucking good games. And uh, 
I'm, I'm happy with this list. I think we've we managed to get in some good variety. Yeah, I think there's been more variety than you naturally would have think when you mentioned the words square enix enix yeah um for sure so um so it's been nice it's been a good good list good wrap up um so i guess that's that is the end officially um if they want to find more about us nikki where can they go gametill5.com that's it you can find everything there including our socials our discord all of that lovely stuff yeah uh, and if you really, really love us um, and you're having a great time listening to this and you would be really kind, um, write us a review on anything that you're currently listening to this on because it's very much appreciated. Yes, we will love you forever and ever. But also we just love you if you've made it to the end and you're still listening and you've listened to us waffle on about shit for all this time and our stupid opinions. Yeah, it's probably more appreciated to be fair. <laughs> anyway we'll keep you updated on our little clothing thing that we be doing um to look out for that and uh and yeah it's been it's been a wonderful time steph yep it's been a wonderful time nikki goodbye bye